Hey, thanks for joining the Money Happy Hour, where we make every hour a happy hour for your money. I'm your host, Tom, the Savings Captain. And of course, I'm joined by my producer, Radish, the hardest working dog in podcasting. Hey, in this episode of Money Happy Hour Shots, we are going to talk about the topic, should I invest in IPOs? So dig in. I'm going to go over some uh, great information that I have been combing through and share it with you. I'm not going to give you the answer, should you or should you not invest in an IPO. Instead, I'm just going to give you a little bit of what I found and hopefully you can make an informed decision because I think a lot of this is interesting. So why did I pick this topic and why did I pick this topic today? Well, as you know, the IPO market has been starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, this week, we have ARM Semiconductor coming public, and after a several-year wait, next week, Instacart is going public. So those are two really big names. We haven't seen that many big IPOs over the last couple of years, and if you're a new investor, you might be getting a, f a bit of that FOMO coming in, fear of missing out. So... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some considerations and long-term performance of how IPOs have actually performed. So let's step back for a second. I, the number of IPOs, I looked at a universe of IPOs since the year 2000. A little over 6,000 companies have gone public since then. I purposely screened out anything before 2000 because... The dot-com era, 1998, was such an unusual year. Um, that year, there were it, it, the IPO market was all over the place, and I thought that would that would really influence the numbers. But so we got a pretty good, robust sample set. Six thousand companies have gone public uh, since 2022. It's pretty much been a dry period. There were only 180 companies that went public in 22. We're on pace to kind of meet that in 2023. But once interest rates started going up, you guessed that the IPO market really, really dried up. So now interest rates are still high, but at least from a capital standpoint, things feel a little bit more stable than they did this time last year. So that's why you're starting to see some of these companies going public again. So how do IPOs perform? This is really interesting to me. It, it, when I started looking at this long-term data, a lot of it was about what I expected, but there were a couple of things that jumped out at me. Um, the first thing I looked at, and I'm going to throw around a lot of numbers over time, so don't worry, I'm going to put a couple of the reference items in the show notes of this episode so you can refer back to them. But item number one that really jumped out to me um, is the proportion. I always hear that a lot of IPOs, a lot of companies going public are unprofitable. And while that's true, most of the time, about 25% of companies are unprofitable when they go public. Sure, there have been a couple of outliers. Again, 1998, it was as high as 80% of companies were not profitable. So that was probably the first, one of the first warning signs we were going to have a bubble. And then in 20, let's call it 2019, close to 50% of companies were unprofitable. But Going back over the last, 
I'll take that number back 40 years. It's been about 20 to 25% of companies are unprofitable when they go public. So that sounds pretty easy. When there's an IPO, only invest in the 80% of companies or the companies that are profitable. Well, guess what? It's not that simple. If it were that simple, everyone would be doing it and making money at it. So we have to go a little bit deeper than that. Um, one of the other things that really jumped out was the distribution of actual returns. So I'm not looking at first day return. I'm not looking at five day. Let's elongate it. Let's look it out at three years after a company goes public, three years after the fact. Are the, is the stock now, let's not think about com company profitability. Let's talk about our profitability. Did we make money in the stock? Well, this really jumped out. This um, kind of supported a hunch that I had when I started looking at this. Most IPOs do not make money. So if you're looking for something where you have a two out of three, almost a 66% chance of not making money, IPOs might be for you. I guess that's one way to phrase it. 64% of the time, a company, once they go public, three years after they go public, they are below um, their IPO price. 29% of the time, they are uh, significantly above their IPO price. And there's a medium ground there of, and when I say significantly above it, 10% or higher, that's the, that's the adjusted value that's used. So doing my math there off the top of my head, that's 93% I've accounted for. So the other is 7% after a three-year period, you're looking at about a 10% or less return. Well, now this is getting tricky. So how do we find that 29% population? Well, that's where it really starts breaking down and getting hard. Sure, we've all seen those articles. We've seen those posts on X. And they usually begin with, if you invested in fill in the blank on the company the day it went public, if you invested $10,000, you'd have $3.2 million now. Those stocks are far and few between, and here's why. So let's look at the IPO returns. Let's break down that population of 6,000 companies, roughly, into equal deciles. You know, So 10%, the top 10% are performers, followed by the next 10%, and so on. Till we reach the bottom and this is really interesting this shows that about the top decile the top 10 percent that's where most of the return is exaggerated i kind of suspected that but this really this was one of the best charts that i've seen that illustrates that so 10 percent of the companies uh, that go public have a return of 300% or more. Those are the unicorns that those are the ones that a year later we're still talking about. Uh, then we get into the next decile. What a big drop off that goes down to a 50% return. So let's break that down for a minute. Let's start looking at numbers. So if we were to apply that distribution to 6,000 IPOs, that means 60, 60 of the, that means 60 of the, um, rather 600 of the 6,000 would have uh, returned 300% or more. The next 
would have been 50% or more. So to get any type of decent return over a three-year period, you're looking at, you're trying to find one of 1,200 companies out of 6,000 that go public. That's how slim the odds really become. When I start looking at the bottom deciles, and you look at this as well, the bottom deciles get really tight. Um, the bottom decile, you guessed it's close to 100%. I forget the name of it. There was some garbage a couple of weeks ago that came public. It was a SPAC. Day one on its trading day, it was down 97% from its IPO price. But then you start getting you know you start getting into the companies that just that just don't make it. So what if there were another way to screen to determine, hey, what's my best chance of finding identifying those 1,200 companies? So one might say, well, let's look at the let's look at the average size. Is the company profitable when they go public? What's the sales like? And this was really interesting, and this will leave you scratching your head just to, and left me determining really how hard it is to pick IPOs that are going to make it out of the gate. So we're talking about some companies. These are the real small IPOs. If their sales are less than $100 million a year and the company is uh, not profitable, you've got about a 31 those companies average about a 31% decrease in value. If the sales are less than $100 million, you've got about a, the market adjusted return is 24%. That's a loss of 24% rather. Um, this, is, this is where it really gets interesting. The sales for companies greater than $100 million when they go public. Uh, this, this was one of the things that surprised me. Unprofitable companies, they average 9%. Again, that's the whole universe. And the companies that actually are profitable, a little less than 1%. So let that sink in. If you're unprofitable and your sales are over $100 million, hey, you're going to make 9%. You know that, that at least kind of hangs in there with longer-term market averages. But if they're profitable when they come public, um, not as much return. They average one percent. I found that really interesting. That that could be explained a lot of times when a company is about to go public. They're not profitable. If they're not profitable yet, they're at that very that point of inflection in their growth history, where if you catch you're catching lightning in a bottle, so to speak, before they go public. And I did that personally a number of years ago with, uh, it's meta now, obviously, but it was Facebook. It came public at 31. An interesting fact, when it went public, I don't think it ever traded over 31. It stayed there, and it stayed there forever, and I ended up picking some up at 19. I watched it for a couple of quarters, and then sure enough, it became profitable, and the rest is history. Uh, now it trades at or about $300 a share. So I haven't personally played too many IPOs. Um, I tend to buy more established companies. And a lot of it is anecdotally, it always felt this way to me that I was taking on a lot more risk than I was comfortable for. Uh, you know, I as working as a broker, I would see these deals come through all the time. And then you know, I track them three months, six months, 12 months later and trying to identify the unicorn 
was close to possible. So I share these numbers. Hopefully it helps you. Hopefully it helps you um, balance a little bit more of your fear of missing out and identifying the next win, the next winner, so you don't get caught up in something you really just don't want to hold at a significant loss years down the road. Well, that's all I had today. We thank you for joining the Money Happy Hour. Until we meet again, have a great day.